and out of the bullpen and onto the mound for the second hour of Sports Talk. I am Scott Beatty along with Brian Barnhart. What time is it again? It's 9 o'clock somewhere, according to the song. There's a 9 up there, but it's not first. (laughs) This is 5.09. You usually come on at 9.05 or right right, right right. around then. Shoes on the other foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just in case you've been sleeping under a rock or something, uh, Brian Barnhart is the voice of the Illini, also host of Penny for your thoughts here on our station, 9 to 11 every day. It's gained some traction in, over the years as a popular show. So, <laughs> Well, it's been around a long time. Yep. I know that. So have the Illini. Yeah, that's right. So thought we'd mix things up and mm-hmm. Evan's on vacation. And why not have a little fun here in the afternoon? Well, Evan had me on when you were on vacation. I didn't, so re- now, I didn't know that yeah. until recently. <laughs> like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're quickly becoming the number two. <laughs> Uh-oh. They're I'm, out of... <laughs> I'm happy to help. They're out of options. Oh, sure. Dodger Stadium last night was host to the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. That's the place you pulled a few games from. Yeah. Back when yeah, you were in the, the uh, Yeah, we would... Uh, the Angels every... At the end of spring training, the last games before they would go to play regular season they would play two or three exhibition games maybe two mm-hmm. one in each park with the Dodgers so you'd have Angels at Dodgers one night and you'd have Dodgers at Angels the next and then of course we'd play them in interleague play when interleague play was just within the West Division for example you didn't play anybody else outside of those San Diego Colorado San Francisco Arizona that was who you played but it's a it's a big stadium. I mean, yeah. it's really big, and you probably saw that on TV. It's got four tiers or whatever it does. Three at least, maybe four. When you're up that top, you're way up there, and you got a great view of Los Angeles, and it's in a, it's in a beautiful spot. And then what's and last night I noticed when the camera was looking out, when, uh, home run derby when they were doing all the yeah. home runs, you could see the roll the green hills right behind Chavez, the stadium in Chavez Ravine, and then you could see the San Gabriels out behind them. On a clear day, when you have that, it's gorgeous. Now, a lot of days during the summer, it's a little too smoggy, mm-hmm. and the Smog San Gabriels down. are not clear, so you just see the green hills. But when you see the next level, it's spectacular. What was it like living in Southern California? Oh, well, I it was, well, way it's beautiful. Yeah, We lived in Yorba Linda, California, which is near Anaheim, but uh, it's very pretty, and I was fortunate because I was going to work against the traffic. Yeah, because I was going in at I don't know three o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock every day, and coming home at eleven o'clock or midnight. So I was I didn't have to deal with rush hour traffic. But if you had to deal with traffic, I mean, like if you wanted to go somewhere at seven in the morning, you probably had to get up at five and allow an extra hour in case the fifty-seven. Or the 22 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's always the. Yeah, 91 was especially bad. You just didn't know. It could be fine or it could be backed up for miles. You just didn't know. Every day was a, you know, kind of a shot in the dark. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't have to deal with a lot of that. I was going back and forth at a different time. But it's crazy. It's a beautiful place. Just too many people. <laughs> too many cars. Let's see. I, I, I uh, found this stashed away here, you know, because the... When you were doing it, the Angels and the and the Dodgers would play. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's a long clip. I don't know where Aren't I am. 
a right-handed pitcher. Oh, wow. He checks the runners. Here's the pitch to Gloss, and he missed outside. He changed speeds. He was away. And it's 3-1. and one. Marcus had a pretty good record the last two years in Los Angeles. 29 wins the previous two years. Is this at Dodgers? No score in the fourth. Two on, two outs. A big pitch here. The 3-1 to Gloss. He swings and he rips it to center field. A base hit. Here comes Mo Vaughn. They'll hold him up. The throw cut off at the mound. The bases are loaded and Troy Gloss is two for two. Hmm. Not bad. Yeah. That, according to this, is uh, June 5th, 1999. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We did this about that about six years ago. Yeah, I think we did. We did. Little, we, we found mm-hmm. some... Found some clips. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, it's a beautiful space, place to broadcast from. The yep. thing I remember, too, about that was Vin Scully, who was still doing the games, of course, uh, they had a dining room for the media, and then they had a separate dining room, private dining room, for Vin, who, and not because he was high and mighty, he was... Far from it. He was one of the nicest people to ever meet, yeah. but they would actually bring in advertisers or supporters of the Dodgers or somebody famous, and they would go into the little separate dining room and have dinner with Vin. I that see. was part of the, or you want a package to have dinner with Vin. So he was always kind of in a separate little dining There's the dining room, and then there's the dining room where Vin would go in. Oh, yeah. Anytime I ever saw a picture of him at a game, he's in a coat and tie, mm-hmm. got the cufflinks. Oh, yeah. Way outdressing everybody. I just remember how intimidating it was when the first time we played, and I go over and hey, hey, Vin, how are you doing? Yeah. Hey, good to see you, you know. <laughs> and and he would, now tell me about your team, Brian, you know. And so he's taking notes, and I'm giving information on the Angels to Vin Scully, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking the whole time. I better be right about this stuff because <laughs> Vin Scully's going to use it. You know? <laughs> and Brian <laughs> Barnard oh, has provided uh, this information. Yeah, he, would, he wouldn't remember me now, but but it was uh, it was cool. We got our picture together yeah. a couple times, and it was just uh, he was very very nice. So, well, all star very very good. Yep, all star game last night in uh, Dodger Stadium. I, I, I keep an eye on it. I had it on, mm-hmm. you know, but I wasn't glued to it or anything. But it's well, kind of fun to see the stuff. It is. And Dodger Stadium is very pretty, of course. Uh, Dodger Stadium was built similar to Shea Stadium, the old Mets Stadium. It's very mm-hmm. similar, kind of that rounded in the outfield. Yeah. And then the, you know. But better sight line. I mean, Shea, you were really far back. Yeah. I didn't Shea like was, Shea. And Shea was noisy. Uh-huh. I did a game at Shea. We had a game. We were supposed to play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And. The morning of the series, there was a um, part of the ceiling fell down to the seats below and crushed one of the seats at Yankee Stadium. So they had a structural issue. So they said, well, we're going to have to move the series from Yankee Stadium until we check this out. So they moved the Yankees game with the Angels to Shea Stadium. It was the only reason I got to do games at Shea. Mm-hmm. And so we went over there, and it was, you know, you heard all the jokes about, you know, the how close it was to. LaGuardia, mm-hmm. the airport. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole game. There's just planes going over the stadium, yeah, you know, vroom, vroom, <laughs> you know, and and it was usually windy. So they've got a much nicer stadium now. Oh yeah, but uh, but Shea and Dodger Stadium are a lot of likes. So. I saw uh, the Cubs play the the Mets in mm, somewhere around 2000 in Shea Stadium, and just it was kind of it wasn't quite the cookie cutter that was Pittsburgh and Cincinnati mm-hmm. and 
Bush and, and all those, but it was kind of close. That circular, and you're just too far away. It was a big apple, too, and <laughs> yes, that in, was, uh, whatever it was, right field or one strawberry. Daryl Strawberry always hit. Yeah. Whenever they hit a home run, that thing would rise up. Well, the fun thing about the Mets was, of course, they came as an expansion team, 62, I think, and their colors were taken from the Dodgers, who had left Brooklyn, and the orange was taken from the Giants, who had left New York. So their team colors are kind of orange and blue. They just combined them, put the Mets on them, put some pinstripes on them. And so we were talking Southern California. Yeah. How do you like uh, possible regular trips to SoCal for football and basketball? Oh, I think it'd be it's, it'll be fun. You know, we did it. We actually, I did a game. I've done two games in the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl Stadium. One, the Rose Bowl, of course, in whatever, 08, I guess, yeah. January 1 of 08. And we also played there one of Ron Turner's years, maybe 03, somewhere in there, 03, 04. We played UCLA in the Rose Bowl, and the final score was 6-3, to three, <laughs> UCLA. It was just an awful game. I yeah. mean, nobody could score, and we missed a field goal or something at the end that could have tied it or whatever it was. But it was a beautiful beautiful location and i've never done a game from the coliseum i've never been to the usc's campus i've been by it it strikes me everybody has seen this of course it's football that's driving this and usc is a powerhouse in football or usually is and wants to be back there ucla hasn't been so much recently but they think of ucla as this powerhouse basketball school and of course they are but don't sell usc basketball short i think they've made the tournament four out of the last six years yeah, they've been pretty good it was solid. Yeah. And they've had a solid. couple of NBA players. Mm-hmm. They have Mobley, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, it's, yeah, because it's been, it's out there, it's UCLA basketball, and UCLA football is interesting, but okay. You know, they're yeah. pretty good, but, you know, and occasionally Rick Neuheisel was there, you know, in the when they played Illinois in the Rose Bowl that year, and, and you know, they've had some good teams, but then on the flip side, it's, you know, USC football. And oh yeah, we play USC. basketball. Too. Well, I play basketball too, and and they played in some really. They played at the old Clipper when the Clippers had an old arena, the LA Arena, which was a kind of a dump. Mm-hmm. They played in there, and now they've got a new arena. But but it's a great market, and their fans are very loyal. It's just that it's a different dynamic because Los Angeles is so big. And there's the Kings and the Lakers and, you know, the Rams. And there's just so much else going on. And there's the beach and, and the mountains the beach and, and the Hollywood. Mountains. And on a clear day, Mike Hale and I were talking about this the other day. On a clear day, you can stand in Huntington Beach. And off in the distance, you can see snow on top of the mountains, you know, a certain time of the year. And you're like, wow, I'm looking at snow-covered mountains while I'm standing on the beach. I mean, it's there's so much else to do that it's, um, it's a big market, but they're kind of... Uh, just part of it part of the mosaic of the whole place yeah I think. Uh, uh, the, the same thing happens in other big cities when it comes to their schools mm-hmm. minnesota yeah. gophers get lost a little bit yep. with the houston mm-hmm. uh you know they've had some really good football teams at times and that's a pro town of course houston basketball and of course new york city that's everything you can find anything you want mm-hmm. in new york city uh that, so that all gets swallowed up whereas here or in iowa city or in Ann Arbor or in East Lansing, it's all about the school and everybody. And in a lot of places, it's about your state. So it it, it rings differently. Yeah, I would think, and it, it depends obviously what they do once they join the league, which is in a couple of years, I guess. But if you're Illinois basketball and you're going out to play UCLA, you figured you'd be at UCLA at USC 
in the span of two or three days. Yeah. You know, like the they currently do in the Pac-12. But, you know, same way with volleyball or something like that. But, you know, with football, it's a one, you're out. And if you play at prime time on the West Coast, 7 or 8 o'clock Pacific time, I mean, you're looking at getting back at 5 in the morning. Yeah. So that's there's some considerations there, too. There is. But in terms of the plane flight, okay, it's an hour or two longer than yeah. some of the other trips you take. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the other, the other side. I think it's, at the end of it, harder than harder on basketball or... Or the right. smaller speed. And even in football, though, I'm trying to think whenever we would play like at Cal, sometimes the coaches would, uh, we were out there, I think, with a couple of different coaches, Turner and Zook, they would go out on Thursday, spend all day Friday, get adjusted to the time, and then be ready for Saturday. Some do it, some don't. But Well, it's a busy day in sports yeah. here, so we should uh, we should get our sports update. Let's Let's go to it. Nothing. Finally, the waiter tells me that Mr. Zawaba doesn't speak English. And I got to tell my wife about the car. It's coming up. Beef. It's what you want. Okay. Here we go. Time for sports. All right, take it away. All right, the first Major League arbitration decision goes to the Minnesota Twins. A three-person panel sided against pitcher Frank Rodriguez, who will make $425,000 this year. Rodriguez was seeking $880,000 after going 3-6 and six with a 4.62 ERA last year. Well, they prepare for the big race down at Daytona coming up this weekend. Yep. Uh, Dale Earnhardt, though, winning another twin 125. He's done that for nine straight years. He dominated the second qualifier for his 30th victory at Daytona. But he'll enter Sunday seeking his first Daytona 500 win in 20 tries. He'll start the race in row two alongside Sterling Marlin. The two-time Daytona 500 champ won yesterday's other qualifier. And that's it for this hour's update. It's 10 o'clock on Sports Talk 104.9, and that means it's time for the Mike Steely Show. He's up next on a Friday, back in one hour with another update. I'm Brian Barnhart. All right, I'm sorry. Mike Steely is unavailable. This is Scott Beatty uh, <laughs> filling in. Yeah. That was the sports update on 104.9. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Whenever the Daytona takes place, that's obviously yeah, that day. I'm trying to think of that would have been as before I went to the Angels, so they're probably... To maybe 90s, early 90s? Well, mid-90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It might have been under 30 years old. Right about 30 years old, I guess. Something like that. <laughs> and he was just coming into his own. All right, we'll get another update here for you and come back with more sports talk. Sportstock continues on this Wednesday, and Brian Barnard's joining me, Scott Beatty, for this hour. I appreciate you working the double shift. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or the split day, the split shift. Split shift, yeah. yeah. Split day-night doubleheader. There you go. Yeah. At least you had a chance to go home and <laughs> change clothes. And yeah, I did. It's hot out. Did Warren it? played 18 today. Did he really? He played, at age 90. At age 90, up and ran tool. Went up there and played 18 holes <laughs> and came in here bouncing around. I feel great. And he's drinking one of these plastic water bottles, these station water bottles, just like mm-hmm. this dark brown color. So what do you what do you have in there? So I had grape juice. Oh. And now it's water. Okay. But it was the grape juice that sort of dyed the plastic. <laughs> it, looked, it looked like <laughs> it looked right. like something else. 
<laughs> and it didn't look appetizing. That's funny. Lauren Tate, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Indes- indestructible. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Phone line is 217-356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling. Text line 217-351-5357. Alan's with us in Montrose. Go ahead, Alan. Brian, have we got our mornings and uh, evenings mixed up or what? I think so. Yeah, I was looking at the clock. I'm a little confused. (laughs) (laughs) So am I. Yeah. Uh, The other day I talked to Steve and Lauren about the Illinois football. They wanted to know what I thought about the season. I thought maybe maybe we might be better than most people think if we get good quarterback play. But I was concerned. You know, Lauren is concerned about depth, and I said, Lauren, that's what I'm concerned about is recruiting. And I said, doesn't recruiting and depth go hand in hand? He says, yeah, I think it does. So what yeah. do you think? Well, it does. And I will say, you know, the, the team they had last year, I don't know if anybody, any of us would have predicted they win at Penn State and at Minnesota. Those were two that, you know, they got. And, uh, you know, they basically gave away the Maryland game. I think they would all admit that. You know, they had a chance to win it, and they didn't. The Purdue game, they should have won. So, I don't know. I mean, I think if you take – if that team can win five games, I don't know why this team can't win that many, if not more. You know, maybe a couple more. Uh, but they – and the guys talked about it. I think you were – I heard you talking with them about it. If they can get off to a good start, then there's some games, I think, that are winnable as they go on that, you know, would give them a shot at a winning record. I'd, But I don't know. You know, you can – Yeah. I think Indiana is a key game. Mm-hmm. Sure, really sure. Yep, absolutely. One. Kind of like Nebraska was. Hey, thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Kind of like Nebraska was mm-hmm. last year. If you got that first game, it felt like we got something here. Yeah. Not necessarily you didn't try to be a bowl season or anything mm-hmm. like that, but just you felt like this is a better team than what we had before. I don't know if you caught – we had Phil Steele on uh, yesterday, and he's got a stat in his magazine – Mm-hmm. about close losses and if a team has three or more close losses in a season 75 mm-hmm. percent of the time he's got data going back several years 75 percent of the te- time that happens to a team they have as good or better of a record the next year and i remember jay layman talking about mm-hmm. the 06 season as you may recall it felt mm-hmm. like there were several close games towards the end of 06 and that kind of flipped into what became the Rose Bowl season. Mm-hmm. Much better team. Now, not, not always, not a hundred percent guarantee. No, but, no, no. What Ron Zook told me years ago is when you're coming in rebuilding, the first year you're going to lose big, the next year you're going to lose close, the third year you're going to win close, and the fourth year you'll win big yeah. if everything goes the way it should. Yeah. Now sometimes you get, you know, knocked off track in there, but that was kind of his philosophy as he recruited and as he built. That was the goal. And Brett Bielema in his first year was losing close. I mean, we were in every game except mm-hmm. two. I mean, really, the Wisconsin game, they kind of, you know, they beat us up basically and up front ran over us. Well, and, and, it, uh, and then Virginia was a really good offensive team. Uh, it goes to show that, that the, Lovey Smith didn't leave the cupboard completely bare, especially right. on defense. Right. He did maybe in recruiting. And but, I, you but guys not were with, with, with the roster. You guys were talking about this yesterday. I mean, Isaiah Williams. They're going to try to get the ball to him as many times as they can. They've got to have a couple more guys in the receiving core step up, and then use the tight ends effectively. I think that would be key. 
And But I think our running backs are as strong as anybody in the country. If they get their offensive line figured out, who's going to play where, and they've got a couple of transfers, I think, that can plug in there. You know, the offense is where it's got to be upgraded. If they can just maintain what they did defensively last year, and I have a lot of confidence in Ryan Walters, and I think Josh Whitman did, and the staff did because <laughs> they gave him a big raise, then just get better offensively. The offense is... You know what ultimately cost them a couple of games last year? Games that the defense gave them a chance to win. Mm-hmm. They just didn't win. It's kind of the almost the reverse, but uh, of baseball. But the offense give them a chance to win because mm-hmm. the the defense did. Just just get us solid drives and is is kind of the approach. I don't you, sustain some drives, put up some points, challenge the other defense. Mm-hmm. Well, anymore, Martin O'Donnell told me, you know, anymore in this day and age with offense, you need to score at least 30 points a game. Sure. That's the goal. That's the goal. 28-30. If you're, if you're 20, 21, or below 20, you got no chance. You're just not going to – you can't win. So, What I'm concerned on – Unless about, you're Iowa or somebody that, you know, <laughs> you only give up, you know, 15 <laughs> points a game and you can score 19. Well, mm-hmm. that's different. And you really know how to chew the clock. <laughs> I think we're Illinois – I mean, it's beyond their control, but the concern is, I think the Big Ten West is better. I don't know that there's world beaters, but I think that the the gap between top and bottom is smaller. Northwestern should probably be a little better. Uh, Iowa and Wisconsin are probably going to be who they always are. And Purdue, I don't know if Purdue will, will win, would be a dark horse to win the division, but they might be a dark horse to be second. Mm-hmm. Or third and be real close at it. Minnesota's got an all-world running back back and uh, Tanner Morgan. I know Illinois handled them last mm-hmm. year, but well, I, I just don't see a. a D- Nebraska has some expectations. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a gimme game in the Big Ten West. Right, and I think the programs are. I mean, Iowa and Wisconsin have been the two most consistent. You know what you're going to get every yeah, year yeah. with those two. I mean, it's the same thing over and over. It's boring. In a lot of ways, but it's consistent, consistently yeah. good. You know, Purdue's, you know, they could be up this year, they'd be down, you never know year to year what Purdue's going to be. You never know quite know what Minnesota's going to be, although they've been trended better lately. You know, Northwestern, you're never quite sure. You go in, oh, I think they're going to be this, and then they turn out to be that. Oh, I think they're going to be bad, and they turn out to win the division. You know, you just never know. And Illinois, the margin for error for some of these teams is just, it's a flip. It's yeah. a coin flip for a lot of the, I think for teams like that and you know it just you just need to be winning some close games knock off a wisconsin or knock off an iowa or whatever and then you're going to be in the running for the big 10 west championship and hey virginia manhandled you last year but it's home it's a home game it is home and there'll be revenge on the mind and they're not they're not they're not going to get pasted again i think they lost i think they lost some guys too yeah i think from last year but so but their quarterback's back but Mm -hmm. you know that was sort of the our defense won't be the same after this game kind of game that's what ryan walter said i'm moving to the sideline and Mm -hmm. things kind of flip defensively so maybe it's a better game and there's a chance there's a chance you could go into wisconsin 4-0 that's a tough one Mm -hmm. but i think he's right if you get indiana early you might might be uh cooking with a little bit of gas but i think you can if you're recruiting similar players to what purdue's getting and what minnesota's getting 
And now Brett Bielema is starting to keep kids in the state, the ones that Minnesota and Wisconsin and those folks used to take. If you can start doing that and then get some others from Florida, some three or four stars, an occasional five-star, whatever, then I think you can contend in the Big Ten West. You're in a good spot. But but is are we ever going to be Ohio State or you know anything like that? I don't think so. I mean... <laughs> You know, but I think our fans are. What do we had? How many losing seasons in a row? It's, it's, you know, the fans are waiting to see. They want to see something in a positive direction. They want to win a big game at home. And you know, the wins we've had in recent years, the big ones have been on the road. Mm-hmm. So. Texter is asking Brian about the Monday morning quarterback show. If mm-hmm. It's back for this fall. It is. Yeah, that'll be with Lauren Tate. With Lauren Tate. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Two full hours, the texture also yeah. asks. <laughs> so that's the plan. Yep. Look at this. I have you on. Allen calls. Texters are asking about yeah, money more quarterbacks. It's <laughs> good stuff. And that's has, right. has Bill Walton made any comments about UCLA leaving the, quote, conference of champions for the know. Big Ten? It'd be interesting to hear his thoughts. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> you want to guy. hear them from start to finish <laughs> in order? <laughs> <laughs> or do you, would, Will those he, be he linear might, thoughts? He, he might start down that path. And <laughs> what is it, Jason Benetti, when we talked to him about working with Walton? He yeah. said it's like getting onto a big roller coaster and you, you're told, no, don't put your seatbelt on. <laughs> and you just don't know where you're going. You know, you're just trying to hold on. I thought that was a pretty good description. He can, <laughs> there's a few guys that can, him, Dave Pash, they just, they know how to roll, they with, roll him. with it. Yeah. And look, I, he doesn't, he's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's entertainment. <laughs> okay uh you got some fancy shoes on i do nice highlighter color i don't yeah. know where you got them uh, my wife ordered them well if she ever orders you another pair of shoes i might recommend body and soul sports you can do the online okay. shopping yeah, thing sure. there but in person too what i like about that is uh first of all it's, it's local store it's community it's not a franchise mike lindeman but you go in there and you tell them what you're looking for and they can help you find that. And you could also say, I don't know what I'm looking for, but this is what I want to do. I want to start running regularly. I want to do this kind of workout, or I'm playing this kind of sport, or mm-hmm. I just need something that's not going to hurt me when I walk around. They'll help you find the right kind of shoe for you. So it reminds me of my, when I was little, my mom would take me for shoes, and there was the shoe salesperson, and they, they brought out that there's mm-hmm. an actual name measure for that your thing. Feet. Yep, yeah. measure, mm-hmm. Put the thing against the ball, you're, and you find out what size you are and all that. They do all that, but they also put you on a treadmill. You can Ooh. show them. Uh, they take a video of how you move. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the kind of shoe you need. So something to write, think about next time you need a pair of Very shoes. Good. Body and Soul Sports, Route 45, and Curtis Road in Savoy. You've got Sports Talk. And today, 17 seniors retire their home jerseys on a cold and rainy fall afternoon. It's a day they will never forget. And coverage begins on Flames football today as we talk with two of those seniors, hear from Coach Morgan Hout, and we'll check with the other games around the nation. Brian? Mike number one, Iowa puts its Rose Bowl hopes on the line today as they travel to Columbus, Ohio, to battle the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Meanwhile, in this state, Virginia plays host to West Virginia, while Virginia Tech will do the same for Memphis State in Blacksburg. We'll look at all those games and look at Flames. 
Flames Athletics coming up at halftime. All that and more today on Flames Football Today. As the Flames meet the Blue Hose today, they're hungry. All right. That was a flashback. Five weeks. Five long weeks. That's probably... Flames Football. Flames Football Today. It's got a big ending. Did you get the ending here? It's Liberty University and Presbyterian College Football. Up next on Flames Football Today. You don't know how much time we'd spend pre-producing that. Trying to hit the posts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1985 we on the 1985. Yeah. That was a young Brian Barnard. Very young. So, <laughs> yeah, that was Mike Tilley, who was uh, a friend that got me into broadcasting oh, in the it? first place. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you went to Liberty not for broadcasting. No. I just went to go to college, and I was going to be a history teacher. Yeah. So, Sim- similar. But, I was going to be a music teacher, and I, I met, was. But, but I met I Mike, and uh, we started doing stuff together, and Campus Station, and I fell in love with the, you know, broadcasting. Part of it was because I was so introverted mm-hmm. that it was appealed to me because I could do something and not be seen. I could be heard but not seen. That was yeah. part of the draw. And I talked to Jason Benetti about that. He goes, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. That's exactly what I went, what drew me to it. Same thing. And uh, that's exactly why I got into it. Because the way I enjoyed sports. Well, yeah. And I'd listen to Lauren, and I'd listen to Jim, and I'd listen to all the... I knew what I thought it was supposed to sound like, but I had no clue what I was doing. Because now with all the games on TV, we we see you on courtside. Mm-hmm. You're still on. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably gotten that's over right. that part, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have. But when, when I would come back for um, high school reunions, people were like, you do what? You do what for a living? Because I didn't, I didn't hardly talk at all. I mean, whenever somebody comes in here to record something, you know, we have a like a client, a local business owner, or whatever, um, or somebody for an interview, and and you know, we record. Okay, do you want to hear it back? And they'll say, Oh no, I don't want to hear that. That I, I sound terrible. I don't want to hear myself. And if people ever hear themselves on a voicemail or the old answering machines, they would cringe. And I'd say. I've been doing this a long time. I don't think you ever really get over it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm, I'm having to crank out some audio mm-hmm. or something that I've recorded and I, I can get over it because I have to get the job done and I don't have time to sit there and feel self-conscious. Mm-hmm. But I think we all have that a little bit of that. Boy, I sound strange. And you don't sound strange to other people, even if you're mm-hmm. not a broadcaster. Right. I'm saying even just mm-hmm. the average person. Mm-hmm. So I was 21 when that was recorded. So 1985. Yeah. Liberty Flames. Brian Barnard with us here. <laughs> um, are you uh, on the Orioles bandwagon? By uh, the way, I don't know what to make of the Orioles. What it took them? What how many games in a row? They still winning streak still intact, or was it over? Yeah, uh, no, it's intact. Okay, because they, they did that did they? much just to get. No, to they five. lost one. Okay, but they did that much just to get to five hundred. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable. Forty six and forty six. Mm-hmm. Baltimore Orioles began the season as one of the biggest long shots. On the betting boards, uh, and were underdogs in their first 26 games. But now, guess what? All the bets makers, all the the sports books, are getting a little nervous because <laughs> some of these long shots may pay out. <laughs> they were 2,000 to one in mid June to win the World Series. They're still a long shot to win the World Series. Of course, oh, they had sure. the 10-game winning streak. Um, the Orioles are now down to 250 to one, and they're at 15 to one to make the playoffs. And 
still find that and so sports books uh, could be paying out big time so I think there's some people that don't want the Orioles to win. Now. So they won ten in a row, correct? Yeah, now that, and they're which, eight and two which over itself the last is pretty 10. remarkable. Baseball is such a day to day, as you know, you've done it. It's hard to win four in a row, mm-hmm. much less ten. You got to get lucky. You got to you got to be playing at the top of your game night after night after night. Everybody's got to be hitting and pitching, and you get into rhythm. And you think about if you've seen Moneyball with the A's that year, they won twenty in a row, which is just unbelievably crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous uh, to win 20 in a row and uh, to be a part of any kind of a long winning streak like that. Even 16 out of 18 as a broadcaster is just unbelievable. I mean, you're... Casey Stengel said it best. I don't get paid to win every day. I get paid to win two out of three. That's right. <laughs> it's like a you know a 333 hitter. I mean, you're one out of three. Two other times, you're out. And who was it? Was it uh, who Babe Ruth led the league every year in strikeouts he oh, struck yeah. out more times than you know yeah but he could do some damage do some damage otherwise yeah hey congratulations to you did a lot of minor league ball and i was curious I how did. this uh, was because michael massey mm-hmm. former line got his call up through that oddball situation with the unvaccinated players to the royals so yep. went doesn't up to, matter yep went up to <laughs> toronto with three for eight 375 career average now mm-hmm. better than george brett i say retire um, and presumably he's going to go back down because they'll. But he'll probably stand. be back. Oh sure. In September, I would think. But what was it like when you were covering AAA? And you know, you'd see guys get their first calls call mm-hmm. up. It's I bet some of them bounced up and down. Oh yeah, they did. And w- w- were they coming back? I got to go, or were they bitter? I'm back. Uh, they were usually pretty excited to have yeah. been uh, disappointed they came back. But for some, you know, some of them they knew going up it was going to be a short stay to begin with. They were just happy to get into the show mm-hmm. but i do remember in you know different guys was a guy named john barfield who passed away here recently but he was a guy a pitcher that was called up i can still see him on the payphone outside all sports stadium in oklahoma city he had gotten called up and he was calling his wife and his family uh-huh. and his mom and dad to tell him he was going to the big leagues and that was pretty cool and then also there would be, I would get calls. I, not only was I the broadcaster, but I was also the co-traveling secretary. The trainer would do a lot of the bus trips and the hotels, and I was responsible for all the airline tickets for everybody. So we would have a stack. We would fly from Oklahoma City to Dallas, and then maybe Dallas to Louisville. Okay, So on that particular trip, I would have all... 25 guys plus the trainer plus the managers plus the coaches all their airline tickets with me for every leg of the trip from Oklahoma City to Dallas from Dallas to Louisville <laughs> from Louisville to say we flew from Louisville to Denver and then fly back from Denver to Oklahoma City for instance something like that or we'd bus from Louisville to Nashville and then I'd have the tickets from Nashville to Dallas back to Oklahoma City so I had all those tickets with me I had to go to the travel agency the day before the road trip and pick up all the tickets so what would happen first is, class for barnhart yeah. that'll be coach for everybody else and what the airline would do is they would put everybody together on the plane because they thought oh as a group they all want to yeah. be together no they all want to be apart you know separate se- you know spread out yeah so i had to go to the counter all the time and no, I, need, I need to get out of this middle seat i need to move this guy over here so i was responsible for all that but part of my job was i would get a call if somebody was getting called up from oklahoma city to texas 
to the major leagues, I would get a call from the traveling secretary for the Rangers who would say, hey, I need player XYZ in a cab on the plane to, to um, um, Boston today. So you need to get him to the airport. So I would rent a car from somewhere, get a car, and drive player X to the airport and take them on their way to the big leagues, and I'll say, I'll see you on TV tomorrow night or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I did. I, it was fun. It was fun. They were excited, you know, anxious to get there. And you got to know them. You know, in the minor leagues especially, you're with them all the uh-huh. time, and you get to know them all, you know. Um, and so it was, it was fun when they would get called up. Yeah. It, it neat to see. Well, I remember him win kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd, you'd you'd he'd be playing in your game the night before, and you'd take him to the airport, and the next night, you know, now into the game is you know Scott Sparks or whoever, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, there he is. I just had him in my, you know, my cab or my car. Yeah, I don't know why it morning. is. Uh, I I kind of felt that a little bit. Got to go see a Bulls game this year and saw Io in the game and Malcolm Hill. They are both on the floor at the same time. And it's like, oh, I, I remember them win. <laughs> <laughs> I covered yeah. those little young pups. <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird, though, when they would come back, you know, after a week or two, and then they'd be back, and then it'd be, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, how was it? You know, it was almost you were you felt bad. Yeah. You want to say, hey, good to see you, but, oh. You're back in the minor leagues. You know, it just uh, was a different feeling. Everybody rips like AAA, too, thinking it's the minor leagues. The AAA is really good baseball. It is good baseball. There's not a huge difference between big leaguers and AAA guys. Not a lot. Consistency. A little bit of consistency. I mean, obviously, the the stars of the big league, I mean, they're doing otherworldly things. What happens in AAA, though, is you get, uh, it's more if the big league club you may have one guy who's hitting 330 and another guy hitting 210, but if the guy hitting 210 is a shortstop and the star shortstop gets hurt for Texas, in this case, well, then the guy that was hitting 210, they need a shortstop. Yep. You know, even though the guy hitting 330 might be a much better hitter, he's a first baseman. They don't need a first baseman. Nope. They need a shortstop. So there's a lot of that. You know, why did he get called up? Well, because, you know. You can't play shortstop. You can't play shortstop. <laughs> you know, so it, it, there's some of that, too. Sometimes the call-up didn't make any sense. Like, what? Well, they need depth at that position rather than, you know, at the other. If you want to see uh, what the difference would feel like for your home between being a minor league home, maybe, and a little bit of more major league feel, I wanted you to check out See You Under Construction on Facebook right now. They just put up some before and after pictures of a complete exterior remodel including a roof, windows, siding. They did the stonework. There's a new mudroom and a sunroom on this lovely one-story home in Urbana. You see uh, the picture of it before, and you think, well, I could see it needs a new roof and kind of a beigeous gray color. Now it's popping. They've removed the screened-in porch to the front, and it's just a much more inviting entrance. Brand new, Brand new roof. And really sharp-looking dark blue siding with white trim. The whole home pops. Totally new curb appeal. Owners are loving it. See you under construction. I want you to go there because I'm telling you about it, but some things you just need to see with the work for yourself. This is what they can do. They've also got something up about a, a new basement remodel they did in Urbana and increasing the living space from the new bathroom, office, and bedroom to a home. Just might get your wheels turning about something you want to do in your home. 
and why CU Under Construction is the place to go for that. You can find them on Facebook. Just Google CU Under Construction or go to cuunderconstruction.com. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. The outfield straight up. The 2-0 pitch. He swings and he drives it deep to right field. This one is headed for the wall. It is going to be over the wall. It's gone. A grand slam for Matt Wallbeck. How do you like that? And the Angels lead it 4 nothing in the fourth inning. Oh, he just made There's your grand slam. Grand slam. At Dodger Stadium. Yep. Matt Wallbeck. In a baseball game that counted. <laughs> Happy memories, I'm sure. Pretty cool moment. We're glad you're here now, though. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's Thank fun you. to be in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. It's fun to have life here, too. Be home. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sitting in. You're welcome. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll sit in on Penny or something yeah. just to even <laughs> things out. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anytime. Uh, tomorrow, Lauren's back in in hour number one. We'll also talk with Scott Ritchie. We'll see what else we can drum up. Busy week. Very busy week. Oh, yeah. Got a lot to do. Getting busier. That's a good thing. And next week, Media Days. That's right. We'll be over we'll there, be there next Wednesday. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a lot to everybody involved in today's show. Appreciate Joe Pot in hour number one. Lauren Tate, Brian Barnard. I'm Scott Beatty. This is News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Stay tuned. Sound on coming up.